Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. How many of you in your life have ever made a promise to anybody for anything? How many of you have made a promise? Okay, so, so we're, we're all in, all right? The second part of that. How many of us have broken a promise? So we're all liars. Um, we've established that we're all on the same footing here. Um, but here's, here's an interesting perspective in the big deal I want to make sure that we grasp. Last week we talked about what happens when we act in obedience and giving out of a out of a heart filled with gratitude and love. But today, I want us to focus on, on the promises made and the promises kept by God. I mean, this, this is kind of a big deal as you look and you think about that. We've all broken promises. And I believe there's two primary reasons, regardless of all the circumstances that surround your promises made and your promises kept, I believe there's two main reasons that we break promises. Number one is we have a messed up heart. As a matter of fact, if you look on the screens or on the app in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. And you may be sitting here and saying, Chuck, they're not talking about me. Yeah, he is. He's saying our heart has all capacity for evil. We have the ability to be wicked people. Now, you may be sitting here and saying, man, I needed somebody to tell me I'm a good person. Well, listen, God says there's only one good, and that's him, that we, our heart, by our nature, our human nature, our sinful human nature, Jeremiah says in chapter 17, verse 9, our heart is deceitful and above all things and desperately sick. Now, the second reason we break promises, sometimes it's not our heart. Sometimes we lack two things. We lack the physical ability or the intellectual capacity to do this. Let me give you an example. Let's say I fly to Orlando to speak to a group of students, and I say to Jenny, sweetheart, I'll be home by 6.30 for dinner, but I get on the plane, get ready to fly home, and I sit down on the plane, and the captain comes on and says, we have bad news. We have mechanical difficulties. We're going to have to get a new plane in for you. So I get off the plane. I sit in Orlando International. I wait three hours. I get on the plane. I fly home, and instead of being home for a 6.30 dinner, I'm home at 10 p.m. that night. Now, the reason that I broke that promise wasn't that my heart was in the wrong place. It's because I didn't have enough intellectual capacity to know how to fix the plane, and I lack the physical capacity to fly. Are you with me? And so sometimes we break promises because we have a wicked and evil heart, and sometimes we uh, we break promises just because life is what it is. Okay, are you with me? All right, now I want you to see here's what separates us from God. God cannot, will not, he will never break his promise. And when we say around here, the Bible is a big deal, we say the Bible is a big deal because literally we believe from Genesis to maps, God through his spirit spoke that word into men's hearts and they penned this book. And so we believe this book literally is God's word for us filled with promises that said, if you will walk with me, trust me, live with me, cling to me, these things happen to you. Now, to make our point about promises made and promises kept and why it's a big deal, I want to give you a couple of Bible examples, okay? Watch this, um, because ultimately God makes a big deal about making a big promise. He says to Abraham, before his name was Abraham, of the, you know, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. Remember that? Okay, so some of you who didn't grow up in church are like, dude, that is just weird. All right, but Abraham, all right, now watch what, he, what, the, what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Again, you can follow on the app. All my sermon notes are in here. And, uh, or if you're watching, uh, hundreds of people that are watching today online, listen, the, the, all of them are on the app. You can just follow with me, and you can see where I missed my notes completely. All right? So uh, hang with me here, because here's what God says in Genesis chapter 12. He says, Now the Lord said to Abram, 
go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. In other words, in a time when people never went further than three miles from where they were born for their entire life, God said, leave there. I'm not going to tell you where. I'm just going to show you. You start leaving, and I'll start guiding. He says to Abraham, just go, and I'll show you. So Abraham does. And, And then God says, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on and says, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And then listen to this. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Everybody, the whole world. Now you're thinking, okay, now, the context here is that he's speaking to the whole world as they knew it in that time. No, 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 no. Remember, God is alpha and omega, beginning and end. He is the first and the last. He is both creator and holder and sustainer. So when he says everybody on earth, he's referring to everybody both today and in the future tense. Are you with me? And so literally God says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. All right, now listen to this. That's pretty huge. Centuries later, God would come to a man by the name of King David, famous for David and Goliath, right? And so in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 16, here's what God says to David. He says, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me, and your throne shall be established forever. God makes another big deal, another big promise when he says to David that somebody in your family, some relative of yours, somebody in your family line, they're going to be on the throne of the universe forever. Now, again, you might be saying, well, the context there is that during that season. No, no. Remember, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, God says for eternity. It's like when a kid looks at you and says, hey, mom, hey, dad, how, how long is forever? And the answer is what? Forever. Come on, how do you not know that? Forever is forever, right? And God says to David, all right, you're going to reign forever. So he made a promise to Abraham that he said, there's going to be a great nation, and forever throughout the world, I'm going to bless those who bless you. Now watch this. Then he goes on and says to David, centuries later, you're going to have somebody in your lineage that's going to rule forevermore. And so the promises of God are made. Now watch this. God made promises to me and you too made promises to us into how they would relate today. Let me read a few of them to you. He, he promised salvation. If we call on the name of the Lord, he will hear us. He promised salvation. He promised to always do us good. He said, I am for you. I'm not against you. I'm for you. He said that I'm going to provide everything you need. He provided that you'll never be alone. He promised that he will hear us and respond to our prayers. He promised that he'll discipline us because he loves us. When we suffer, he'll sustain us. And then he goes on. He says he'll protect our faith in him. He'll give us the Holy Spirit. He'll give us eternal life. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, the provision of God says, I've got you. The promise of God says, like Abraham, like David, I've got you. Here's my promise for you. Now, then you could say, well, how did the promise to Abraham and how did the promise of David play out? Well, I'm glad you asked, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this as we bridge from Old Testament to New Testament. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 says, for all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. So every promise of God, every promise he's ever made to you, about you, through you, for you, around you, all get said, yeah, for one thing, Jesus. In other words, here's what God said. In this sin-filled, messed-up world, I want to be in a right relationship with you, and I want to honor every promise. And the only way that I can fulfill that promise in a world whose heart is wicked and deceitful is that you allow Jesus to make your heart new. And you got to walk into a relationship with Jesus. And through that, God says, I'll fulfill my promise. And no promise in Scripture is fulfilled apart from Jesus. All right? He is literally Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, 
every single promise. And you say, well, well, Chuck, you don't know how messed up my life is. Let me just stop and say, you don't know how messed up mine is. You say, well, Chuck, you don't know how many promises I've broken. Listen, you know how many promises I've broken where I've, where I've hurt people, where, where, where I've made selfish decisions, where I, I've, I've made things that have done things that were deceitful and wicked. And I'm in, the, in the season of my life, I've had times where I didn't walk in Christ. I didn't trust him. I didn't trust his promise. And I held through to myself. And you know what I found? That God's promise is still waiting on the other side. He wants to make me and you new, but we have to let him. You see, the problem is, though, we struggle with that. Listen to what Scripture says in the book of Habakkuk. The glory of God will cover the, cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. The glory of God is going to cover the earth as the water covers the seas. Listen, what God's saying is, you can't run from me eventually since I'm the beginning and the end. I'm going to fulfill my promise if you'll walk and trust in Jesus. Because in Jesus is every yes. All right? Now, you look at that and you say, okay, well, how does, it, how does this relate to Abraham and, and, and David? Okay, watch this. God makes a ridiculous promise to Abraham. He says, through you, a great nation, the nation of Israel, I'm going to bless all the families of earth. So here you and I are today, worshiping from what began there. And let me parenthetically say, when you watch and hear the news, it is also why we must stand with Israel. Because this is God's promise. This is not political. This is the promise of God. But now you watch this. It gets better. What about King David? All right, now watch this. King David is not on the throne anymore. King David, his sons are not on the throne anymore. So who's sitting on the throne? Well, watch this. Jesus is the great, 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 great grandson of David. That's 25 greats. Now watch this. In the house and lineage of David came one where? To Bethlehem. In the house of David with bread that would sustain forever. And the beginning and the end now said the promise of God is fulfilled, not just in Abraham, not just in David, but every yes in Jesus, including the promise he made in you. You say, well, what, what's the big deal? What's the promise that I'm offered? Okay, well, well, watch this. Let me remind you, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, this is, this is what God says. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on the throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Jesus said, listen, if you want to be a conqueror, trust me, walk in me, because I'm going to sit next to the Father in heaven, and I invite you to be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Come join me, because then I let you into my house. I let you into my world. You are now conquerors. You are not defeated. You are not beaten down. Death does not hold anything on you because he won. And your yes and your future is all on him. You can't love him enough. You can't give enough. You can't go enough. You can't do anything more to make him love you more because he said, I am your alpha. I am your omega. I've got you. Everything here. Why do we say the Bible's a big deal and Jesus is the biggest deal? Because without him, none of the promises of God are fulfilled. And in him, they all are for you. For you. 
And you look at that and you say, well, okay, give me one of those. Okay, this, this is the one that I love. This, this is the one I love. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, therefore. Now, this is the second therefore in like three sentences in this, in this text, right? And before this therefore, we say, what's the therefore, therefore? This therefore is therefore this. It's to say that before that it said, in Jesus, in Jesus, in Jesus, in Jesus. And then he says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. And he says, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now watch this. The old is gone and the new is here. Not in the future when you get your act together. Not when you figure it all out. Not when intellectually it all makes sense. Not when you give up your addiction. Not when you stop cheating on your spouse. Not when you, he says, now. He doesn't, put a, he doesn't put a condition on it except for this one thing. You know what he says? Listen, anyone is in Christ. Now watch this picture, all right? This is a big deal. We use, church, we use church terms around here that sound like this. Invite Jesus into your heart. But this text says that Jesus is the one that came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came to find us. He rapped on the door of our heart, maybe to you today, and says, come on. Now watch this. You might receive the Spirit of God when you say yes to Jesus, but what you're literally doing is Stepping into a life with Jesus, a whole new life. He takes away the old, he gives us the new, he strips us of the bad and fills us with his good. He takes the sinful nature and he wants to birth in us this righteous nature that says, you can do this, walk in me. A new creation, not a resolution. You see, a resolution says, I got to try harder. I got to work harder. I got to make this happen. I'm the man. And Jesus says, no, you're not. You just got to walk in me. You just got to walk in me because I'm going to make all things new. To be in Jesus is to accept God's big deal, to step into a life, into a creation, into a relationship that God says, in Jesus, I fulfill my promise, the promise of eternity in heaven, but even greater than that, the promise that you will never be alone, the promise that I can do all things through those who strengthen. Listen, Jesus wants you to win. He's pulling for you. He's praying for you. He wants us to walk in him. Why? So he can make all things new. Well, what is he going to make new? He's going to make us a new creation. Me and you, now, now we have this thing called muscle memory, right? I mean, like every morning I wake up and I'm like, I'm a robot, okay? This is how I brush my teeth. This is how I drink my coffee. This is how I get the cream out of the refrigerator. Are you with me? We all have muscle memory. Now watch what happens. We say yes to Jesus, and he gives us this new muscle memory. But you know what happens to us? The minute things go a little bit awry, what we do is we grab that old coat. We grab that old self, and we wrap it around ourselves, and we say the old things and act the old way. And Jesus looks at us, and some of us have quit. And we said, see, people have seen me at my worst. They'd never accept that I could walk in Christ. And Jesus says, wait a minute. I promise new mercies every day, and I promise to make all things new. Now, in this text, he says, I'm going to make all things new now, and I'm not going to stop making all things new. God sent our Savior, Jesus, to make this universe new, beginning with our heart. Now watch this, though. He didn't stop with you. He says, come join me, and through you and in you, you know what we're going to do? We're going to be a part of making things new. He wants to be a part of making your marriage new. He wants to be a part of making that broken relationship with your child new. He wants that addiction to be erased with something new. He wants your loneliness to be filled with presence. He wants to make it new. 
That's a big deal. Revelation 21.5 gives us this picture that there's a, a new rhythm of our, of our life that he's called us to. He says, and he who was seated on the throne said, behold. Now that one word, behold, I want you to think about this. I want you to think, when, when, before you watch the Kentucky Derby, what do you hear the trumpet do? Sorry, it sounded like a chicken. But, um, <laughs> but that's what the word behold is. Wait a minute, this, we're about to launch here. This is about to be a big deal. He says, behold, I am making all things new. And watch this. And also he said, write this down. And then he tells us why. Because these words are trustworthy and they're true. God says, you take it to the bank. Regardless of how you came in, regardless of the math, God wants to make all things new. You say, well, Chuck, I, I, that's great, making all things new. Write it down. Everything God is doing on this planet is to bring renewal. I got it. I get it. But what about my life? What about my broken dreams? What about those worrisome nights? What about the bills that I can't pay? What, what, what about the wrongs that I've done? What about the hearts that I've broken? What about my broken heart? What is God going to do all with, with all of that? Now watch this. You know what he wants to do? He wants you to step into him, walk with him, live with him, trust him. And you know what he promises to do? I will make all things new. Haven't you had days where you just wanted a mulligan? I mean, haven't you had days I, I just need a do-over? You know how many days in my life I have totally ruined my testimony? I've totally ruined my life. I've totally messed up. I've ruined relationships. And I've, you know how many times I've done that? It's countless. And you know what he says? But Chuck, the gravitational pull of the universe says, come to me and I will make all things new. Why? In Jesus all things are new. You say, well, Chuck, I, man, last night I didn't act like they were new. You know what he says? It's a new day. I want to make all things new. Think about it. Everything God's allowed you to experience, every disaster you've created, every broken relationship, every bounce check, every lost job, every chemo treatment, every divorce court. God wants to take every experience you've had and make things new. Now watch this. And then he calls you to walk in him. And a God who spoke light into being. And by the way, did you know when you go out those doors, it's still light? That God... He could speak a fix into all of this world. But he chooses to make things new through those that he's given a new heart to. He's called us to be a part of helping make your family, your relationships, your business new. He came to make things new. You say, well, Chuck, man, I, I, I get that on Sunday morning, and here I got it. But you don't understand, tomorrow, Chuck, I, I've got to kill my own dinner, and I plan to eat good. I've got to get after it, Chuck. I've got, got to hit the ground before dawn, and I'm not getting home until after dinner. 
this world is killing me. I'm working 60 hours a week. Some of you here and you're single moms and you're, you are absolutely doing the hardest job on the planet. And you are out there and life is just killing you. Some of you guys are out there striving to make the extra 100K doing something and you're working 100 hours a week and your kids don't even know you. Some of us are here today, and listen, when you go home, listen, you're, 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 finding, you're, you're finding pornography, and it's absorbing your life. Some of you are going home, and you're drinking so much. that it doesn't, Listen, all that mess. You know what Jesus says? Listen, you don't, I'm not asking you to fix all that junk. Jesus says, just come walk into me, and I'll fix all that. Listen, when you get Jesus right, you get everything else right. I mean, listen, we say that all the time. This is a church that doesn't believe in a denomination. It doesn't believe in a building. It doesn't believe in a structure. It believes it's one thing. This Bible's a big deal because in Jesus, every promise that he made to you is good. It's yes. And he says, take that. Walk in me. So listen, here's what I'm going to ask you to do for six days. I did this this morning. And listen, if, if you're like me and you've been Baptist bred and, and you know, someday you'll be Baptist dead, it's going to freak you out a little bit, okay? This is totally going to freak you out, all right? But here's what I want you to do. Put your Bibles down, put your pens down, put your iPads down, put your phones down, put everything down, just put your hands in your lap. Just stick with me here for a minute, all right? Now, listen, I know I'm freaking you out. Just hang with me, all right? I'm, you, you don't have swam, swing from the chandeliers. That's why we didn't put them in here, all right? Just put your hands on your lap for a minute, and I want to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to do this for every day between now and next Saturday. Take a deep breath in through your nostrils and hold it for a minute. Let it go. Again. Let it go. Again. Let it go. I want you to imagine like a grandma who is sweeping a porch that God comes into your life right now to sweep things up and make them new. The scriptures say, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Meditate on these things. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and they are true. Today, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, in this moment of meditation, if today you say, Man, I, I, I want to walk in Jesus today. I want him to make things new in my life. Do we, just nobody looking, just raise your hand so I can see you real quick so I can pray for you. Yeah. 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 Man, all over this room. Yeah. That promise was for you to claim today. Claim that promise. God, make all things new. Make my family new. Make my heart new. And do in me what only you can do. Jesus, our King, our Savior, our Lord, we pray. And everybody say it with me. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. 
more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.